Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Hi, and welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Today, we will be talking with Mallory Garneau, Executive Director of the Foco Cafe, located here in Fort Collins. The Foco Cafe is a nonprofit restaurant building a community by providing healthy and delicious meals to all people in Fort Collins on a donation basis, regardless of their ability to pay while using mostly local, organic, and sustainably grown ingredients. People are able to enjoy a meal and pay what they can, either in money or time and talent, in exchange for their meal. Thank you for being here, and tell me a little bit more about who you are and what you do. My name is Mallory Garneau, and I'm the executive director of Foco Cafe. I have been there for about two and a half years. I started as an intern through CSU. So I grew up in the greater Denver area, and I came to CSU to get my bachelor's in social work, and then I followed up with my master's in social work a couple years later. In between that, I did quite a bit of traveling. I did some service work in South Africa, and I taught English in Thailand. And through that, that kind of brought me to where I am and pushed me towards my master's degree and therefore towards the Foco Cafe. How did you find the Foco Cafe? Actually, it was, I'd heard about it just from being in town. I've lived here for about 10 years now. So through my undergrad, I heard about this new initiative and everything. And I knew it took a couple years to get the funds raised and get off the ground. And it actually opened while I was away. And so when I came back to Fort Collins to try and find a job with my degree and my passion, I wasn't really able to with my bachelor's, so I decided to go back for my master's degree. And through that, I did an advanced standing program. So it was a one-year program, and much of the learning comes from an internship. So one of my teachers was helping me find something that was a little bit different than the typical internship. I didn't want to do direct service or counseling or therapy or anything like that. I really wanted to work with groups and the whole community. So she suggested the Foco Cafe was a great idea. And so I checked it out and I actually ended up doing two internships. I did Foco Cafe and I also worked with Homeless Gear that's now Homeward Alliance in the same capacity as a development support intern. And then yeah, about eight months later, I got offered the position of executive director, and I've been there for about a year and a half since then. Tell me a little more about the FOCO Cafe and what you do. So FOCO Cafe, a lot of people don't know this, but it stands for Feeding Our Community Ourselves. That's actually our legal name. So it stands for FOCO Cafe, but also it's a playoff Fort Collins. And so we just celebrated our four-year anniversary actually on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. last week. So we're very happy about that. Our general mission is to build community through providing nutritious and delicious food to all people, regardless of their ability to pay, while using mostly locally grown, sustainably grown, and organic ingredients. There's technically four ways to pay. You can pay it forward, so others might eat. You can pay what you normally pay for a comparable meal. You can pay what you're able. If you only have $5 in your pocket, that's just fine. And if you can't pay, then you're offered the opportunity to exchange your time, talent, and volunteerism for a meal. 
the people that started the Foco Cafe, were you part of it on the beginning part of it? No. So that was our co-founders, Jeff and Kathleen Baumgartner. Like I said, it took just about two years to raise all the funds to actually get the cafe space and get all the things figured out. And so this year we have our sixth annual party with a purpose, but we've only been open for four years. Mm -hmm. So they did a lot of hard work at the beginning. And the idea really just came from them talking with friends about the great work nonprofits are doing. And they heard about a cafe in Denver that's offering a service that isn't really being offered in Fort Collins. And so they just kind of took that and ran with it. And they retired about a year and a half ago, and I took over, and they've moved to Hawaii and kind of took the next step. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did they ever doubt that this was ever going to work or be sustainable? I couldn't really speak on their thoughts, but I know that they wouldn't put all of their money and heart and soul and energy into something that they didn't believe would work. So I imagine, yes, they probably heavily believed in the mission, as do I. It has been kind of a struggle to find out how to be sustainable with the model. It's very different than any other nonprofit in town, and it's also different than all the other nonprofit cafes in the United States, though very similar. And so without set prices, it's hard to fill the needs that we have. We have insurance. We try to pay our employees a fair wage and offer health benefits. If everyone's just paying a little bit that's not covering the cost of the utilities and the rent and the food. So we very much depend on the people that are able to pay it forward or pay the normal price, but we also heavily depend on the volunteerism. We do only have four employees at the moment, and sometimes the chef is the only one there that's an actual employee during the day. So any restaurant can't run just off one chef being there. So we very much depend on those people that either need to volunteer in exchange for their meal or that are just wanting to. Where do you get your food supplies? All over the place. So we do our best to, again, use local, sustainable, and organic ingredients. So specifically during the growing season, we have a large amount of farm partners that we work with. We try to buy CSA shares so that it's a fair deal and we're not just asking for free handouts. We do get a lot of donations. Oftentimes those are the things that have overgrown or that they just have too much of like kale or something and pumpkins. So right now we have just a basement full of pumpkins. And so we do have to buy about 90, 95% of the food that we serve in order to offer the variety that we need to offer. And we do have vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, meat lovers, kid-friendly options every single day. So if we just use the donations, we'd have pumpkin everything for months. (laughs) So that's our main source. We really try to stick with that. And then when we have to purchase filler ingredients, you know, for the soups and flour and stuff. We go to the food cooperative in town that just changed to Mountain Market, I believe. And occasionally we'll go to Shamrock to get wholesale pricing for some stuff like that. But we're really trying to stick with the local and the healthiest options possible. Do people that want to help out in that way and they're not affiliated with a farm or anything like that, can people just Go to the grocery store and purchase food items and drop them off to you. Absolutely. We do have people do that often. Sometimes people purchase them or sometimes it just comes from their home garden or something like that. Also, you know, if you're going out of town and you have a bunch of stuff that you can't use, we have a free refrigerator outside. That's a great idea. Yeah. So we do, we accept almost all donations of food, regardless of if we can use them in our menu or not. Because if we can't, we have a free pantry and a free fridge that we can throw everything in that is pretty heavily utilized by the community, so it won't go to waste that way. Wow, interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, so we've we've had people that 
have gone shopping just for the, it's called the fridge, free fridge. Huh. It was originally just for produce, fruits and vegetables, but we've had people go and buy eggs and milk and bread. So it's kind of evolved from that and just anything that's healthy and that belongs in a refrigerator, you can throw in there and it can't be opened or anything. It needs to be packaged okay. or like produce basically. Okay, that's good to know. Because yeah. I was thinking, even when people move, they might not have their new home or something like that and they you know don't have any place to put it but they can't bring you any leftovers it would have to be something that is unopened basically that's right it needs to be unopened uneaten all of that stuff just for safety purposes of course what kind of feedback have you received so far people really love the concept especially since it's really new to a lot of people in town we are the only nonprofit like us so people really resonate with that some people don't understand it which I totally get it is so different. You know, we are a restaurant and we are a nonprofit and we're not just one or the other. We've seen challenges that no one else has seen. Things like paying sales tax and paying any sort of tax for nonprofits is not typical, but we do pay sales tax on every single plate we serve. So we count how many people we serve and every month we have to pay sales tax and every quarter more sales tax. So that's a big thing that people don't understand that we have to go along with since we are not just a nonprofit, but also a restaurant. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I never thought of that, too. And that's what makes you so different. Yeah, we've got a lot of just other, not fees, but... Just overhead. Yeah, overhead that I guess other nonprofits and restaurants might not have just because we're kind of in the middle. Okay. How does someone volunteer? Do they have to be eligible? Can they just sign up? I know that you have a website that we will list in the show notes. But how would somebody volunteer and in what capacity? There's a lot of ways to get involved. You can volunteer. The most helpful way for us to have volunteers is to fill our daily shifts. Like I said, sometimes the chef is the only employee at the cafe. So these daily shifts, we have five of them. And we hope that every day they're filled with volunteers to help us out. So again, that's the most helpful. But there's also group opportunities. We have groups of all ages come in and help us clean or do projects, get ready for events. And we also have a lot of, and this is a lot of students, but also businesses will do donation drives for our outdoor resources, like the free fridge and the the non-perishable cupboard. And then we also have a giving tree, which has basic need items like toiletries and clothing. And this is all located within the cafe? Yes, it's on our grounds. It's all outside. So we don't have to be open for people to access it. You talked about shifts. So how many times are you open and what are these shifts like? Is it only for certain meals and certain days of the week? We have volunteer shifts from 9 to 4.30, Monday through Saturday. Monday through Friday, there's the five shifts. It's 9 to 11. We have two people. Um, 11 to 2, two more people. And 2.30 to 4.30, two more people. Or it could be the same two people all day, if that makes sense. Are they typically the same people that are there all the time? Or do you feel like they come in waves? It varies. We definitely have people that are filling community service hours or doing a school project. So they're there a little bit more often. We also have our regulars, obviously, and our volunteers that help in capacities other than just the cafe. So we have a volunteer grant writer and events kind of teacher, I guess you could say. She runs our workshops. I'd say it's about 50-50. We have people coming through all the time, and that's what's really exciting about it is that You know, it's this community and you know everyone, but there's also always new faces and they're always just as welcomed as the old ones. Is there an age limit to volunteers? Not necessarily. So we have volunteers as young as four and as old as, you know, 104. What? Um, (laughs) So, and and again, opportunities for people with disabilities, 
if they are young and they don't have the skills to wash dishes or something like that, they can roll silverware or there's even the opportunity to play music through volunteerism. So if you would like to play music in exchange for your meal, you can play music for the crowd for about an hour and you can help yourself to a meal. And that's a great way to help us too. So we get pretty creative in ways people can volunteer. But again, filling those shifts are really important for us to be on track. Talk to me a little bit more. You mentioned something about Party with Purpose. Is that something that happens that helps you raise money? Absolutely. So Party with a Purpose is our sixth annual event. So we do it every single year on Colorado Gives Day. That is a statewide day to give where you live, a celebration of nonprofits across the state. So on that day, we go a little bit further than the online campaigning, and we do the Party with a Purpose at Odell's Brewing. And the party is from 7 to 9 p.m. And to get in, it's just a $10 donation or more. You can either bring a receipt from doing it online or you can do it at the door. And then we have a silent auction with some really awesome items like raft trips and we have a nice Otterbox cooler and a night at the Elizabeth Hotel and all sorts of fun cooking stuff, Uh, live music, you get a free beer, we have food from the cafe. It's super fun and the whole idea is to help us raise enough to cover rent for the entire following year. So our goal is about $25,000 and we've raised over 1000 so far in preliminary donors. So we're just looking to get a little bit closer to that. So from the funds that you raise through Party With A Purpose, have you been able to sustain yourself throughout the next year? The short answer is no. Three years ago, we were able to raise enough to cover the rent for that year. Last year, we raised about six or seven months worth, so about half the year. And a lot of the listeners might know that we've had a recent fundraising campaign called Save the Foco Cafe. And that was in part due to the fact that we weren't able to raise enough to cover our rent. We had to hire new employees, taking over for the co-founders. It's a very important event for us, and we do hope to meet that goal to raise enough for the following year. But with the recent campaign, you know, we don't want to burn people out and we're feeling like we're asking a lot. It is still super important to us, but with the recent campaign, it was called Save the Foco Cafe and it was about getting monthly donors and we call them Faces of Foco Cafe. So they're sustaining members and that's really what's bringing us into the next year and creating the sustainability that we're starting to see. We've always done so much with such a little budget ever since we opened. We've just kind of figured it out as we went. We were kind of at a point where we really needed to figure it out and we needed some help. So beyond raising the funds, we raised about $65,000 in a month and a half, which was fantastic. With the sustaining member program? Yeah, and that was part of it. So we had a lot of generous one-time donors, but we got about 120 sustaining members that are at least $10 a month. So that's really helping to fill our gap. Beyond that, we also introduced a greeter. So before, the donation box was just sitting on the counter and people would just ignore it sometimes or so we'd be serving a lot of meals but getting very little donations so this greeter stand was implemented and it more than doubled our average price per plate our donation per plate so it was about 380 in august three dollars and 80 cents and it's 750 now and we're serving less meals just because we're not giving them away for free which is not our concept we're not a soup kitchen in that way we Mm -hmm. hold people responsible and there's it's an exchange in services and you know, it empowers them and it gives them this sense of responsibility. And I think that's always the first step in making people feel like they have worth and that they can do whatever they want to do. So, and beyond that, you know, we've had people that have heard about the cafe that could potentially be donors or have the money to pay it forward for others. And they walk in and no one says hello because we didn't have a greeter. They expected to go straight to the counter, but maybe they didn't know that. 
So the greeter also makes everyone just feel a little bit more comfortable and welcomed and like they understand what they're supposed to do there. I love that because it's actually adding a human being and it's that connection that makes a difference. It made a huge difference for you. Absolutely. And even the people that were coming in and not paying much or at all, once that greeter was implemented, they came up and said how great it was. So people really appreciate the concept and if you're having a hard time and you're tough on your luck, if you can get something for free, well then, you know, I understand that people would. But if they're going to be held responsible, then, you know, I think that that's important and pretty awesome that people are still accepting and understanding of the way that we're trying to do business. And that's the only way it can really work for us. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about the sustaining membership and how it works. Absolutely. So again, the sustaining membership is called Faces of Foco Cafe. And we have about 120 members so far, which is awesome, but we're always looking to grow that. So the way it works is it starts at $10 a month and it goes right now all the way up to $300 a month. So you can pick your level. And depending on the level, you get different perks. So say you become a $10 a month sustaining member that comes with four meals annually and a Foco Cafe sticker. So with those four meals, that can look a couple different ways. So you can either use those yourself, you and your friends, or we have meal tokens that are typically $10 a piece that we can give you in exchange for those meals and you can use them to pay it forward. So whether it's someone on the street or a friend, family member, you can just hand them this token and we know that there's been a meal paid for. So that's really the only way that people can just walk in and not pay and not volunteer is if they have a meal token. I love that. Um, yeah, I that's like to keep them in my idea. car Yeah, um, for people. I don't like to give out money, but right. I love to help however I can. And so that's one way I do it. But we've also used them for wellness programs and employee gifts. It's just a really fun way to decide how you want to use them. You've got so many great ideas. I love it. And I really like that token. It's something that you can just keep in your pocket or your purse or like you said, your car. That's right. And pass that out. And $10, even if it starts at $10 a month, that's literally like less than a Starbucks a week. It just seems like it's so doable, so easy. Yeah. And that was kind of the idea is that we didn't want to make it not accessible and we didn't want to make it this big donor thing. And we wanted to make it a, you know, inclusive group faces of foco cafe not just our donors and it made sense for a lot of people to be donors if they're coming in all the time you know they can use those meals and it just kind of makes sense and it's kind of cool to see the ways that our different members have used their meal tokens and their benefits whether it's for themselves or for others that's awesome i feel like there's going to be so many more people coming in or being some faces of foco cafe because it just seems so simple and i'm hoping that some of these listeners that are out there get on board because this is an incredible organization. Absolutely. Yeah, and if you do a higher level, I think it starts at about $25. You get an automatic free ticket to our bike and music festival. And, you know, it just goes on from there. So where do you see this in five years? Yeah, so definitely just we're continuing to move towards long-term sustainability now, now that we have the concept and the idea down of how to do that. We did just celebrate four years and actually our sister cafe in Denver called Same Cafe stands for So All May Eat. They've been open for 12. And so we look at them a lot to see, you know, what they're doing and how they're doing it. And that's how we actually start off. Our co-founders spent a lot of time down there. And so they actually just bought a food truck, which I think is an awesome idea. And that's really the only way I could see us expanding. Also, I would never expect a second location. I'd love a second location 
that was someone else's doing. I'd love to help someone else bring forth their own ideas or a similar idea that helps the community. It wouldn't be competitive in any way. I think it would be wonderful. We're just trying to grow and sustain what we have right now. And then in five years, you know, maybe a food truck or something like that, maybe delivery and things like that. But that's, uh, you know, those are just ideas right now. Hey friends, this is Charles with NOCO FM, the podcast network and streaming radio station dedicated to creating diverse shows just like this one and the numerous others that we help produce. We hope you'll consider becoming a supporter on Patreon, which helps us pay our hosts, produce more shows, and allows us to give back to nonprofits in Northern Colorado. Not only do you become part of our community, but giving also gets you access to an incredible selection of exclusive content from all of our creators, starting at just $2 a month. To get started now, just visit noco.fm slash patron and sign up. Once again, that's N-O-C-O dot F-M slash patron. Hope you have a fantastic start to 2019. We've got some big things coming your way. Now, back to the show. So I'm sitting here, and this is the first time we met, and I have to tell you, I actually learned about the Foco Cafe right when it first started. I don't even know if you were part of it at that time, but they supported a local business that is a friend of mine's, Panino's, here in town, and that was the first time that I was introduced to Foco Cafe because I think they supplied the food for that event. Hmm. But I'm sitting here looking at you thinking, okay, you're young, and I want to know What makes you feel like you have this urge to dedicate your life? I mean, you became executive director of this organization and this nonprofit and this business and everything all mixed together. And it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And I want to know, is there anything that maybe kind of sparked your interest in this type of work? And do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's a great question. And thanks for that. I like to attribute kind of the spark, I guess, to when I spent time in South Africa doing some work down there. I actually studied abroad while I was getting my bachelor's. So I took a course. It's something about sustainable community development. And it was basically the idea of working with people and communities and groups in a way that works for them and not forcing your ideas or beliefs on them. So Mostly it was an international work. So, you know, you have Peace Corps, whoever it is going over to, you know, help or rebuild. And lots of times it is helpful, but sometimes trying to convert them or whatever it is, is destructive to their culture and their way of life. So it was really eye-opening to understand that every group, every community has its own special resources and its own special group of people. And no one knows better than them. And we did the service in a township. So I taught an arts and crafts class at a day school for kids that while school was out, they'd either be on the streets or they'd be there. So it was just a place for them to go with meaningful activities and stuff. So I did that for a week and it was, again, eye-opening. I saw three-year-old boys with teeth rotting and it was just, we drove by in the township and the jail was one of those pieces of metal and it just said jail spray painted on it. I was just so out of my element and it really just made me want to do more. And also made me realize that when I came back that things like fresh water and access to food is not that easy to come by for everyone. These problems that water in Africa and we we need it right here. And that was also eye-opening to understand and 
actually there was a big project at the cafe with water. We had the only all-season water fountain in the whole city of Fort Collins for about a year. And there was none before that. And we only knew about that from our guests that would come in and fill their water bottles with our water dispenser and with health code that's against the health code. So we'd have to dump it, clean it, refill it. We had to buy ice every day. So it was just a huge time-consuming, expensive thing. And we're like, you know, why, why here? Where else? And there was nowhere else. And it's just like, wow, who knew? I did research and there was nothing online. No one was talking about it. So we did this whole project and got this in the ground. And now there's another one, too. So there's two in Fort Collins. Yeah, I kind of attribute that spark to South Africa. And then in Thailand, I had a similar experience. I was teaching English and working there. And I was not a student or anything like that. But it gave me this leadership role that really kind of pushed me to do more with that aspect of myself. I kind of tapped into this part of me that I wasn't quite sure was there. And yeah, when I came back and I couldn't really figure out what to do, I realized I wanted to stay in social work and really work with communities. And so I did. And I love that because I've done missions abroad as well. And you come back, you know, I don't know how long you were in those areas, but I was there anyway from a few days to sometimes a couple of weeks. And you come back and you think, man, there's so many feelings going on at the same time. You kind of miss that area, miss the people that you worked with, and you're sitting back in your home or in your job. And I remember feeling, gosh, what am I doing here? I need to be doing something else. Or why am I in this one spot when there's so much work to do? Mm -hmm. And I love that you brought that passion back to the community and back to Fort Collins because I am reminded from other people that Yes, there's a lot of work to be done out in the world, but there's also work to be done in the community. And within, if you just look around you, you don't have to go that far. And so I love that you took that passion to be able to develop this into something that can be sustainable and helpful in our own community here in Fort Collins. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. I feel that's very important. And what better place to do it than home? Mm -hmm. Are there any great stories or memories that you can share with us? Absolutely. So one of my favorites... It took place right when I was training with Kathleen to be the executive director. So I was meeting her every morning. And back to the musician thing, you know, people that could play music in exchange for their meals. We had this woman that would come in almost every day, very often. And she'd come in a little bit early and start playing. And it was just, it was like Nora Jones. It was beautiful singing acoustic guitar. And I'm like, this is my office. This is awesome. And again, I was meeting with her every day. And it was about a week in that I hadn't seen this woman and I had missed her music and everything and so I asked Kathleen what had happened to her if she knew at all whether it was you know good or bad you never know and she said actually yeah it's good so she came in and let us know that she got a house and a job in California so she had to move to pursue that but before she left she brought us a picture and before I go into what the picture is those who have been to the cafe know but on every silverware roll So each person that eats with us, they have a little fortune on their silverware. It's what keeps the napkin closed. It means a lot to people. And so we have over like 6,000 little uplifting quotes that um, you never usually ever get the same one because we just have so many. So this woman who would play music every day for her meal, she brought this photo and the photo was a hand-drawn picture of some veggies and it said something like, that that feeds the body and the soul is good for all. And then you could see that that picture was then framed with her quotes from her napkin. So every time she came in for lunch, she kept her quote. She saved them. And she framed this picture with dozens of quotes. And she wrote on the bottom, I saved these because you saved me. 
And that's just, every time I tell that story, I get goosebumps. And that's just really what makes me understand that we're doing something right and that this is why we do it. And this is why we keep going. And it's not about the numbers. It's not about how many meals we serve. It's about the people's lives that we can change. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. What types of things can you think of that you might need right away? Or are there certain seasons that you might need volunteers more than others with anything? I mean, here's your chance. I want you to be able to just put it out there. What are your small asks? What are your big asks in order to push the needle forward for you and for the Foco Cafe? Absolutely. Honestly, one of the best and biggest ways to help is to come for lunch. We serve anywhere from 50 to 100 meals a day. Saturdays are a little bit slower, so we're trying to find ways to just get more people in. We have a different menu every single day, so even if you came every day, you wouldn't get bored of what we've got. So yeah, joining us for lunch is super helpful, bringing friends, introducing people to it. Beyond that, as we mentioned before, the sustaining memberships, the Faces of Foco Cafe. So that starts at $10 a month, and we have people that go all the way up to $300 a month, and that's helping us in a big way each month fill this gap that we were seeing pretty consistently for the last several years. And so every spring we'll be doing this fundraising campaign again to get more sustaining members, but it is ongoing and we've had, I think we had someone sign up yesterday. So that's always, it kind of makes my day when I get that notification and that's always a consistent and sustainable way to help the cafe. Great. Beyond just donating money though, volunteerism always helps. Again, we need people to help fill those shifts. And then coming to our other events, whether they're free or ticketed, um, that's always helpful too. We had most of our stuff in the cafe donated when we opened. So all of our chairs, our tables, our fridges, our salad tables, our ice machine, it was all donated and previously used. So these things are starting to die out. We had to get a new ice machine and we had a couple individual donors in the community that helped fund that. We need new kitchen mats, that sort of stuff, just general upkeep in terms of the little stuff. Do you have that listed on your website of just your needs right now and then maybe a link to a sustainable membership and then maybe bigger chunks of things that you might need just so that people know because if they don't come into the cafe necessarily or maybe they're far, you know, maybe the listeners are not even here. Are there ways that they can find out or is it easier for them to just donate online or what would you suggest? So yeah, we do have a lot of info on our website. We have an Amazon wish list that has some information on it that is on our website. We don't have a specific list. I'm planning on doing that. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. So that will be up, but there is a link to the sustaining memberships. There is a link to our Amazon wish list and all of that stuff. What you mentioned is people that aren't super local or aren't able to make it. You know, people work and we're in a certain part of town. That is one of the main reasons we came up with the standing membership program, and that's because we have a lot of supporters and a lot of people that want to support us, but they can't make it in for lunch. So again, coming in for lunch is super helpful, but these sustaining memberships are equally as helpful, if not more, just because it reaches a broader audience and those people are able to help in a way that is more sustainable and that we can kind of count on. And it's only lunch, is that correct? That's right. We are working on seasonal dinners and maybe some brunches and things like that, but we are generally open just from 11 to 2, Monday through Saturday for lunch. Great. Is there anything else that you want to add? Yeah. I mean, I guess I'd just love to, again, invite everyone for lunch. (laughs) And we do have some fun upcoming events, the Party with a Purpose. Beyond that, next year, we are trying to do the fundraising campaign in the spring. We have our usual bike and music festival. We are considering doing a different sort of collaboration with that this year. So stay tuned for what that might look like. And so we're just 
we're putting a lot of things together and we're excited to see where it goes. But nothing's really set in stone yet. So How exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out and sharing with us what the Foco Cafe is doing and building and creating in this community. I think that a lot of listeners will connect to this and hopefully learn more about it and find areas where they can be of service or be helpful to your organization. Absolutely, yeah. So if anyone wants to find out more information, they can sign up for our newsletter through our website. And that's just going to be on a sidebar on the right. And that's really just the best way to kind of stay in touch with what we're up to. Great. Thank you, Mallory. Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World. And thank you, NOCO FM, for supporting this show. If you haven't heard, NOCO FM is dedicated to bring diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This has been a production of NOCO-FM.